my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a terrific week. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Aaron Bandler. Always a great time talking to Aaron. And we did our annual Super Bowl recap. Uh, we also talked about the fallout from the Her Report, now that we know that the President of the United States is uh, no longer mentally fit to stay in trial. A lot to discuss there, and a bunch more. I think you guys will enjoy it. Before I get to Aaron, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. If you are an Apple user, please take a couple seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. If you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Aaron Bandler. All right, guys, we were here with my brother, Aaron Bandler. Aaron, how you been, man? Uh, uh, it's been a rough past couple of days, but I'm hanging in there. Yeah, brother. Uh, so we got to, we got to, I know I was, uh, I was sick on Monday, by the way, guys. Sorry for no episode. Um, Aaron was supposed to be on Monday, but we just pushed it back. Uh, I got sick, baby got me sick again and I could barely talk. So trust me, no Happens. one wanted to hear that, but we got to recap the Super Bowl. Obviously you're the world's biggest Niners fan, season ticket holder. Um, your boys are lost. So I got to get your thoughts. You've had a few days to grieve and process. So uh, what do you got for us, brother? Well, I mean, it really just comes down to the fact that um, they just that they made too many mistakes on offense and special teams. And yes, there are some fluky plays uh, and, and some terrible injuries, mainly to Drake Greenlaw, who's the enforcer on that defense. Um, but they had opportunities to put the Chiefs away, and they couldn't do it. You know, and, and you can't give Mah- if you give Mahomes a chance, he's gonna always take it in the playoffs. Um, it's, it's, in some ways the same story from four years ago. Um, and so, uh, it's tough and it is what it is. Um, I, it, this, this loss hits me harder than some of the previous ones, partly because I went to so many games this year, including those two crazy playoff wins. Um, but now it's sort of like, you know, so after some of the past playoff heartbreaks, like there was still some reason for optimism, but now it's sort of like, well, you know, like, like, where do they go from here? You know, because this core has experienced so much heartbreak, it's just it's a tall order to you know like run it run it all back. And maybe I mean maybe all it takes is just some things on the margins. But I don't know. I'm feeling pretty pessimistic about about my team's future. I, I mean I know you were saying before we got on the air that you still are optimistic about the Niners' chances. Uh, I I mean maybe it's just the you know the just feeling depressed from the Super Bowl. But I am a I am more pessimistic. I think about my team's chances than you are. I think, I mean, y'all have a franchise quarterback. So yeah. I think you're going to have Brock, Brock Purdy. Purdy's not the reason the Niners right. lost that game. I think it's, you know, you're going to have him for 15 years, and when you have a franchise quarterback, which he is, I know the, the, the haters and losers might, might have something else to say, but he's a guy, he's a top 10 guy, and when you have a guy like that with a great, you know, a, a well-run organization and a great head coach, which obviously you have, you got a chance. So I think, you know, I think, you know, and I mentioned this to you before we got started, like, there is a world where, like, because Purdy 
uh, isn't eligible for an extension for another year. He has to play on right. his rookie contract for another year. Mm-hmm. So it's like if he comes out and doesn't play as well, like he takes a step back next year and like Kyle Shanahan gets a little squirrely and and like gives up on him and drafts another Trey Lance or something, like, yeah, you could have problems. But like as long as they stay the course, re-sign Purdy, and just build around him, like, I don't know, man. I think you'll be fine. But, man, I was watching the game with my dad, and obviously the Niners dominated the first half. It looked great. Aside from the the Trey Greenlaw freak injury jogging onto the field and then Chris McCaffrey's fumble on the first drive. But they still look great. But I was just thinking, man, I just had that that feeling in the pit of my stomach. I was like, something weird's going to happen. Like something like a, a bad call by the refs or some weird fluky play is going to turn the tide and Mahomes is going to figure it out and like take it to overtime and win. And like as soon as I had that thought, it's exactly what happened. A punt hit a Chiefs punt hit a Niners player in the foot and gives Mahomes the ball like inside the 20-yard line and then the rest is history. You know what I mean? And it's just like a lot of these plays happened with the Patriots dynasty for that 15 years. A lot of stuff like that happened with the Golden State Warriors for that handful of years where they were just head and shoulders yeah. better than everyone else like just shit would happen late. Steph Curry would figure it out. There'd be some fluke or an injury, and they would just pull it out. And it's like, when you just have the hot hand like that, man, like when you're the top American sports dynasty in the country, just stuff goes your way. And I was just kind of waiting for it. And that punt, man, I was like, that was it? Like, that was that's what Mahomes needed, and it happened, you know? So it was just... It- yeah, the thing I don't is, know. That was that, is that when they first punted the ball, you know, I, I saw a Niners player run run to the punter. So I was thinking, oh my God, they're going to call running to the kicker here. Um, and all of a sudden the fumble happened. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, look, the thing is, so as, as I was telling you before, um, before the, um, before, as I was telling you before, before we started recording, uh, the thing is, is that, like, I think that was all mainly on Ray Ray McLeod, the punt returner, because yeah. he, you know, it's his job to, to to shout, you know, Peter, 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 to let the gunners know that, hey, the ball's in the area, clear out. And the gunner, um, Daryl Luter, uh, he, he said he didn't hear him say that. So I, I so obviously Ray Ray didn't make himself known enough there. Right. But, but even after it hit off his leg, Ray Ray could have picked up the – he could have just, just fall on it. Fall down. And, and, yep. and, but instead he decided to try and corral it and try and make it very stupid and make a play. Um, which is stupid, and you know, it's it's frustrating because when the when the Niners signed him a couple of years ago, you know, like they're looking for someone who could make their return game more dynamic, and you know, last year he seemed to do that, but this year, you know, I think a Niners fans really felt comfortable with him back there, you know, um, and so I think at this point they they just needed to find a return. He's he's free agent um, this off season. I have to think that at this point they're gonna. Just try and find just a city Eddie return guy who you know maybe he doesn't make big plays, but you know at least he'll he'll make he'll make the right play in terms of like in terms of return in terms of you know punt returns and stuff. Um, so I, I I don't know how Ray Ray was with the Steelers, but uh, I, I think Niner fans are kind of done with him now. Yeah, there's a reason why the Steelers didn't want to resign him. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, Butterfingers is a little bit of you know just you know he technically didn't drop the ball or anything, but that that certainly has something to do with it. Um, yeah, yeah, 
it was a rough one. I'm super out on the Chiefs too. So it was just as soon as things started to unravel, I'm like, ah oh, man, I'm not having fun anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like here we go again. You know, just like yeah. it was with the Brady Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, and there's so many of those Patriots games, man. So many times the Patriots beat the Steelers in the playoffs where it was just like the Steelers would be playing well, but it's just like everyone saw the writing on the wall that it just wasn't going to last. And that's, yeah. Like, that's exactly how this game felt, you know. It's like the Niners just had to play perfect, you know. And they didn't, you and know. Didn't. Um, and, yeah. and, that, and, and the end of the day, that, that's something. The movie, despite the fluke play, they still, they still could have won. You know, they had chances there at the end to do it, and, and they – and they couldn't do it. So yeah. um, it is what it is, you know. Uh, you know, just have to hope that they get even better in the offseason and they can go over the hop next year. You know, that's all I can For do. Sure. Before we move on, I do have to mention, man, I uh, I remembered liking all of those Usher songs way more 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, and like, I thought I was going to have the exact opposite reaction because, like, when they announced Usher's doing the halftime show, I was like, that's kind of weird. Like, I don't think he's, like, put out a record in a long time, but, like, he was a guy, like he was one of the top guys back in the early aughts, you know, when I was a kid. And uh, yeah, like usually when you don't hear songs for a long time, you're like, oh yeah, that was a good song. And I had the opposite <laughs> reaction. I didn't, I didn't like hate it, but I was like, oh man, like this is, this is underwhelming, <laughs> you know. I was like, I, I really thought that I, I would have enjoyed these songs a lot better than I did. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Guster's uh, not really my my style of music, so you know. And of course, I was like paying attention to that. The halftime show, as it is, but uh, I mean, I don't, I don't really have an opinion on on on, the, on, on Usher and the halftime show, really. So that's fair. That's fair. So, dude, I was sick on Monday, and a lot has happened since last week. Yeah. Um, I know this seems like it was a year ago, but we have to start with the Her report. I know that's like for, I I almost skipped it on the show because I, I was like, oh, was this like three weeks ago? Did I already talk about that? No, that was Friday. It's just we live in the most ridiculous yeah. timeline. Um. So for anybody who missed it, the feds are not charging Biden with mishandling classified documents because his dementia is so bad that a jury would <laughs> find it difficult to find intent. So essentially, he's so brain dead that he can't stand trial. To combat this, the White House, for some reason, sent Joe Biden to the podium at 8 p.m. Apparently, it was his idea. He really wanted to do this. Not smart. If, you, if you've been around anybody with, with failing yeah. health, mental health, not a good idea. 8 o'clock, bad news for dementia patients. He proceeded to spew his dementia all over the press corps and yell at reporters. He said Al Sisi's the president of Mexico, which, of course, fueled yeah. a bunch of hilarious tweets about denial <laughs> yeah. is not just yeah. a river in Mexico. Um, so I did appreciate that. But I, I know this field is like old news, but it was only five days ago. I, it, my question to you, Aaron, is this the beginning of the end? Because well, it, it, it really, like it really it, felt it? like that at the time. Like, doesn't it feel like they have to replace Biden at some point? It kind of does, doesn't it? Um, and you know, this, this whole thing with, with with the her report, it's it's almost like I think the the best way to sum it up is like that meme where the guy is choosing between the two buttons. He starts sweating, uh, and and one button says says you know Biden can't be charged with with of information because he's you know he's losing it, um, and the other one is he's not losing it, but then that means that. He's going to be charged because that's the only reason why they're not charging him. Right. Um, I, I, I mean, like, it, there's like that report is all kinds of bad for the Democrats, politically speaking. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, the thing is, is that, is that I don't think they have any real good options to replace Biden. You know, I mean, Kamala Harris, you know, she's quite possibly like the only Democrat in this country that has that is worse than Joe Biden. Uh, I mean, look, look, look I mean, by that, I mean, that her 
approval ratings are even worse than Biden. Yeah, she's down in the she's down she's under thirty. I think I think she's in the high twenties. Yeah, you know, and and, and you think about it, it's like she's as like you sometimes forget she's even the VP because like she's such a non-factor in this administration and and what they're doing, and there's a reason for that. You know, yeah, yeah, Uh, because it's because she's not good at this. Uh, I mean, Gavin Newsom, I mean, look, Gavin Newsom is only popular here in California because we're a one-party state. Yeah. You know, everywhere else, I I, I, I don't think Gavin's shtick is going to fly, you know? Uh, I mean, in that debate with Ron DeSantis, uh, I mean, I didn't watch, like, I didn't watch most of it, but, I mean... DeSantis killed him. There's a a reason why Gavin Newsom's wife intervenes at the end there. Yeah. You don't don't see that unless, like... Throw the damn towel! Yeah, Yeah, throw the damn towel. (laughs) Um, So, uh, I mean, the only only real candidate the Dems have that might actually be an improvement over Biden would potentially be Michelle Obama, but it doesn't sound like she wants to do it. She said no. Yeah, over the weekend she said no. Yeah. Yeah, so... Right, so... I mean, the thing is, is that like, you know, while the Democrats probably think they have to replace him, like they don't really have any good options. So, you know, I mean, again, we're in a, we're in a scenario where the Republicans have a opportunity to really show up big in in, in, um, in November. So um, we'll see this time if they can actually capitalize on that, <laughs> you know, because these past couple elections, they haven't. So. Yeah, I mean, when presidents leave office, they they do a lot of really sketchy stuff to make their fortune. Um, the Obamas mm. certainly have, you know, they've made hundreds of millions of dollars and I don't think, I don't, you know, <laughs> you know, does, does Michelle Obama really want to disclose all their financials and go through that whole thing and have all their, their financial information right. looked over with a fine tooth comb? I doubt it. Um, yeah. I mean, Hillary Clinton came out on Saturday and blasted Biden saying that his age was a serious problem. Look, look, all, all I'm going to say is this, there's a better chance Hillary Clinton is the Dems nominee than Kamala Harris. Yeah, yeah, I I, I don't disagree. It's just, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, there's been a lot, there's been other moments where where people, like the consensus is like, okay, this is it. Joe's done. They're going to replace him. And every time I've been like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think they'll just double down and they've always doubled down. But I don't know. Like, we're probably wrong. They're probably just going to double down and just force Joe Biden down the throats of voters. But like, this just feels a little different to me, man. It just seems a little different. I mean, like, yeah, you'd think well, but, all, all Trump right, would I have mean, to do it, is just, like, Trump 2024, fit to stand trial. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that's like, – <laughs> yeah. all Trump has to do is shut his mouth and, like, not confuse people for other people when he speaks publicly, you know? And the, th- and the thing is, is, that, is, that so, is that so far he's actually been doing that, you know? And, 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 and I don't think it's because Trump had a kumbaya moment. I, I think all this has to do with the fact that um, – that Trump now, like he, he he's he's not going, coming back to Twitter, uh, because he's he's he is focused on his on his Truth Social app, um, and, and so like when he posts there, I mean sure, like on on Twitter we do see some of those posts because you know the, the, like media people tweet it out, but you know most people like aren't seeing those, um, like as 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 much as they did when he posted Twitter, so so it's now you have a scenario where Trump is just kind of rambling, you know, and no one's listening. Um, which, you know, for him, politically speaking, is good, you know? Because, oh, yeah. No, because, that, that's that's huge for him. Yeah. I mean, he need, like, yeah. if he wants to win, he should never go back to normal social media. Exactly. I agree. Yeah, 100%. Um, so it, 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 it's, 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 it's because, because, because no one's really, really seeing what he's posting on True Social, 
um, you know, it, it's it, it's almost like by default the standard point strategy, you know, against Biden. You know, as long as it's basically the same strategy Biden used against Trump in 2020. Yeah. You know, um, except this at this time Biden's approval ratings are way worse, and and in 2020 Biden had um, this per this perception of being like this kindly old man. Uh, that, per that perception is gone now, th thanks to you know the Afghanistan withdrawal and, and, and other things. Um, so I, I I I do think this time around the um, this the, the, this time around it sets up a lot better for Trump. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess the question is like you know it, it, can Trump, you know, not mess it up? <laughs> you know, and 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 that's where you know I I mean never underestimate Trump's ability to step on a rake. Yeah. Um, in moments like these, so yeah, I wrote a piece for Washington Examiner last week where I. Uh... I raised the question, and this article is completely irrelevant. You don't have to go look at it because <laughs> Biden answered that question on Friday. But the question I posed was, should Biden want to debate Trump? And it was basically what you were just saying, like Trump is running the reverse, you know, campaign as in, in 2020. Like he's the basement candidate screaming at the moon on Truth Social and nobody's paying attention and that's helping him. And, you know, he's up by, you know, it's obviously within the margin of error. So, you know, don't get too comfortable, but he's up on Biden right now in the real clear polling average. So like my, my question last week was like, you know, should Biden want to debate Trump? Because all Trump's people say all, all the right says, you know, my, myself included, I'm like, you know, Biden's done. He has dementia. He can barely speak, blah, 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 blah. And the only trouble with that is that the bar you know, that, that's what everybody said in 2020. And the bar was set so low that when Biden went on stage and didn't die, it helped him. Yeah. You know, he'd get a bump in the polls after these debates. And I was like, you know, the bar is so low for Biden that if he doesn't, like, have a stroke on stage, like, he might. And, and Trump, you know, he Trump confused Nancy Mace and Nancy Pelosi the other day, right? Like, Trump is extremely old, too. Like, let's say Trump has yeah. a senior moment on stage and Biden doesn't fall down dead. It would probably help Biden. Obviously, Biden answered that question on Friday. No, he should not. He he's not going to debate Trump because he's so far gone. I mean, he's much worse than even any of us thought he was. So obviously, that question was answered. But yeah, I mean, it's I I don't know. I mean, the, one man can save Joe Biden, and that and his name is Donald Trump. That is for sure. For sure. Um, and and yeah, I I I agree. I don't think these. I I, I don't think Biden's going to debate Trump. I, I don't think Trump's going to really force the issue, um, because because as you said, it, it's like you know, like Trump has had his share of senior moments too, um, and you know, and yeah, it, it would be political suicide if they're debating and Trump confuses and face Nancy Pelosi and Biden, you know, it, it just you know doesn't die on stage, um, and so I. I I would say my biggest question for uh, for November is, you know, if Trump gets convicted, then how does that affect the poll uh, affect the poll numbers? Yeah, I um, so uh, so I I don't know, but it it doesn't seem like any of these cases are really going anywhere against him. You know, I mean, you have you know Georgia DA, uh, uh, sorry, the Fulton County DA, um, Fannie Willis, she, she now has a scandal where like where where like she's employed her lover. Um, who's who's making bank, you know, off prosecuting Trump. Uh, so that obviously taints the case. Um, it doesn't seem like uh, these like it, it seems like the, the Jack Smith case in, in D.C. Um, 
I that it seems like that's not going to happen until after the election. Right. You know, so so in all these cases, like they're just not going anywhere. Um, and you know, that that obviously works in Trump's favor because because it, it gives it gives credence to his argument that these are all politically motivated prosecutions. Um, and, and and I think the Democrats did overplay their hand here because if they had just like done one, you know, just focused on one, then then it's harder to argue that that it is politically motivated. But when you have like four different cases and they're all kind of floundering, then you know it makes it then it gives a lot more strength to Trump's argument. Yeah, no, for sure. I I agree. I I just think that their thinking was, well, you know, none of these cases have any merit. But if we just throw out enough of them, we'll get a conviction with one of them. Right. Yeah. And I mean that game. might be true. You it know? could be. You know, like you never but you never know. It could be, but 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 it but it won't happen until after the election. Right. Um. So. There's also the RFK Jr. factor, and I don't think um, you know, and and I don't know. I I I tend to think that I mean voters are just collectivists in nature. I mean especially Democrats, but Republicans as well. And it, it's just like you see RFK polling. In the teens, you know, you seem competitive in a three-way race with with Trump and Biden sometimes in these polls, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, I think he's gonna like go down to like the Libertarian Party level of like three, four percent, but I don't know, man. Like, he, the, his polling numbers have been somewhat consistent. He's not in, included in in all the polls, so it's like tough to tell. But like the polls that he's included in, like he still looks good. He obviously had that commercial during the Super Bowl in which 200 million people watched. 200 million people watched the Super Bowl. And it was a really good commercial. I mean, it was an old 1960 JFK commercial with his face imposed on it and, you know, and all this. But um, yeah, I thought it was a really effective commercial. Um, it was kind of like an optimistic, like hopeful kind of commercial. Um, this is a couple of days after the president just dementia all over the television and then, you know, people already to have an opinion, good or bad, about Trump. So it's just like, I think there's a lot of persuadable voters out there. And it's like, man, it, he might be a guy. He might be the first independent to, like, break 10%. And then if he does that, what the heck? I mean, you know, who, who's he pulling votes for? You know, I've, I've, I've had people on the podcast explain to me how he's only going to take votes from Trump. I've had people explain to me how he's only going to take from votes from Biden. And uh, all those people make sense. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to believe. But I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can certainly see both arguments. I mean, the main thing I see is that whenever I see these polls with RFK in them, it always seems like Trump's margin. Um, it, it seems like the, the, the like in these polls, RFK is included. Trump's numbers over Biden improve. Um, and, and I've seen enough of them now where over I, I think there's probably something to that. And what's interesting is that is that one of my colleagues, one of my colleagues at at at, uh, at the Jewish Journal, um, I covered an RFK fundraiser a while ago, and um, and what's interesting, what I found interesting about it was was that he was listing the names of some of the people that were there. Um, I mean, these things might not, might not mean anything to people outside the LA Jewish community, but but like there are people who are. Um, who are Democrats who aren't like, you know, crazy woke or whatever, you yeah. know? And, and so it was, it was like, okay, if that is who RFK is winning over, then of course that helps Trump because, you know, because, because it's theoretically those are people that Biden should, uh, at least have a ch should probably ha have a chance at winning over. But if RFK is winning those, um, then, you know, I think then, you know, that is for sure going to help Trump. So that totally makes sense. And that could totally be true. I just, in the back of my head, man, I just, Democrats come home. 
in ways that Republicans just don't. You know, it's just so much easier to get Democrats to vote Democrat than it is to get Republicans to vote Republican. You know, if you look at, like, the Libertarian Party voters, like, some of them are just Libertarian, you know, like, card-carrying Libertarians, and then a lot of them are just Republicans that don't like the Republican nominee. You know, and that, that's just, like, it's so much... Democrats are so collectivist in nature. They're they're so willing to follow whatever the newsman on CNN is telling them. It's just, like, it's hard for me to believe... I hope you're right. <laughs> but it's just yeah. kind of hard for me to believe that that many Democrats are going to defect. You know, it's just Republicans, you know, hurting Republicans is like hurting cats. Hurting Democrats is like hurting, like, you know, Stockholm Syndrome ridden communists. <laughs> you know, like they yeah, just tend yeah. to do as they're told time and time again. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But we've never had, like, since 1892, we've never had, you know, a, a, a race with an incumbent president against a former president. You know, Harrison and, and Cleveland was the last, you know, in 1892 was the last election where that took place. You know, we've never had somebody, w- a, a race with two candidates with 100% name recognition like this. Like, we've, we've never had an election where both candidates are this old, obviously. Like, we've never had an election where both candidates are this unpopular. Like, Trump's at, like, 40, Biden's at 38% favorability rating. I mean, it's like, there's just so many factors, man. Like, I don't know what is going to be the deciding factor because there's just so many of them to choose from. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it really is like a, uh, if, it is certainly a fascinating case study as, as far as elections go. Um, and so I, I do sort of wonder if, if perhaps this is an election where uh, a lot of the independent moderate voters just stay home. Uh, you know, 2020, there was record turnout, it, obviously, because, you know, there it's COVID. Um, and, and so it, it's, but it seems like that 2020 may, t- may t- have just been the outlier election as far as turnout goes. And, you know, it's a scenario where it's like the moderate voters, you know, just decide, okay, both these candidates suck. Um, I'm not going to vote, you know, and, 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 and then it becomes a base election. Um, yeah. and, and perhaps what RFK fits to this uh, is that maybe some of those moderate voters just say, screw vote for him. Because they're both these these people both suck, and you know at least RFK is not at least two people, you know and and, and um, you know my my colleague when he covered the fundraiser, I mean the names that he mentioned, I I mean, I guess when I think about it, I don't necessarily know if those guys are Democrats or not, but I was just like my gut sense, just want to know about those people is that right, is, right. is that they're probably lean left, probably I I don't know inside information, it's just my it's my general sense, right? Um, and and, and, and so it's like I was like okay, so it's, if left leaning moderates are just gonna stay home. Or both for RFK, then that should help Trump, you know. But yeah. um, you know, I don't know. I I, I mean, it, I think when all when all is said and done, you know, fifty years from now, you know, people are gonna look back on, on this election and it'll be like studied like you know multiple different ways, you know, it's in terms of like what not you know, to do, <laughs> uh, what not to do, but but but, but also like turnout factors and yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it would be great for the country, regardless of who wins, if this is like, if we see like a massive dropout, drop off in turnout. Yeah. Like it would, like, if, if man, if we have like 20% fewer voters than we did four years ago, I think that would be great. Like that would just prove that like the yeah. temperature is coming down a little bit, you know, like, because yeah. you just can't, every four years for my entire life, both sides have said this is the most important election of our lifetime. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is legitimately the least important election of our lifetime, like objectively speaking. You know, like the two candidates, one, they're both 80. 
you know, they're they're both in mental decline. Obviously, Biden a heck of a lot worse than Trump, but they're both pledging to refuse to cut any spending. They're going to keep spending our currency into oblivion. Um, in terms of like the Israel war, they both have the exact same thing to say. In terms of the Ukraine war, they have the exact same things to say. Um, you know, like Trump is better on like energy policy, but let's be honest, he'd be too focused on like yelling at journalists to get anything done anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, there's just like very few differences in what would actually in, in actual governance between the two of them. I mean, if you look at COVID, identical, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's it's I, just I like don't... It, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was to say I don't agree, uh, and, and mainly because like like foreign policy, it's it's like. You know, I mean, Biden lately has has been kind of hamstringing Israel, it seems. Um, you know, in terms of like you know saying that they're doing indiscriminate bombing and and, and so forth. Um, and of course, the, the Biden administration has also been appeasing Iran. Um, and of course, Iran, you know, they they are uh, they fund uh, Hamas and Hezbollah. So, um, I think that Trump, well, when Trump was president, he had the Iranian regime on its back. You know, and and, their, and their funding to Hamas Hezbollah really dried up, um, and so you would think that if Trump is, is elected, then um, then those tough or those tougher policies on Iran go into place, and then we see more stability in the Middle East. I mean, I mean, the Abraham Accords happened under Trump for a reason, um, and since Biden got elected, there hasn't been any new countries added to the Abraham Accords. Um, yeah, for sure. For that's sure. Also I... not, that's also not a coincidence. For um, sure, I, and, I I should I should and, clarify. You're yeah. you're 100 right, Aaron, and that and uh, I should clarify that I I was more so just speaking about like the spending aspect of it and the oh, domestic economic aspect aspect of it. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like obviously, Trump is, is would be way harder on Iran. He'd be way more pro-Israel. Um, yeah. Than Biden. Um, I, I mean, as far as spending goes, I mean, yeah, I mean, Trump ran, ran, ran up the debt too. You know, I mean, that's been the spending has been a bipartisan problem for. For many years, um, and um, it, but I, I I do think that that Trump would at least help curb uh, in, in curb inflation and uh, and, and, and get the economy growing again because he did that under his presidency. So um, I mean, yeah, I, I I think there there are still clear differences, clear enough differences between the two to make the election matter, especially with everything that's going on in the world right now. Um, but I mean, I mean, certainly there are, there are some things that aren't going to change. Spending uh, is one of them. Yeah, and Congress is going to be a mess either way. Well, um, yeah, <laughs> it's been. A, I mean, th- this whole year, man, Congress has just been like on another level in terms of it's uh, just you know their drama. I mean, it's almost impossible to see a path to Republicans retaining the House. Republicans could take the Senate, um, and may, probably will take the Senate. You know, obviously they have to take out Sherrod Brown, they have to take out uh, <coughs> John Tester in um, in Montana, which you know seems easy, but it's a lot harder than 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 you'd think. Obviously, those guys right. keep it's, defying it's the odds. But uh, I just don't think there's any confidence in Speaker Johnson and the Republican tiny majority in the House. I just think voters going to revolt against that after the whole Matt Gates clown show and 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 all that stuff. You know, yeah. I don't think. Voters like that stuff. Whether the audience here, who's a bunch of political junkies, like it or not, I don't think your average voter does. So it's just I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me to see how anything really changes in the next four years, regardless of who wins. I, I don't know. It's I just think overall, 
it would be good for the country for less people to vote. <laughs> you like so many people have been voting the last couple cycles, especially with all the mail-in voting. Obviously, in 2020 during COVID, that jacked up the numbers artificially. You know, these people that don't have the motivation to drive a block from their house and vote all all voted by mail. And I know a lot of that stuff is being done away with. Thank God. Um, but I I would love to see a massive drop off. You know, like people should like less people should be politically engaged. I know I'm like. I'm preaching against my own prosperity because obviously this podcast does better the the more people who are, who are obsessed with politics. Right. But like of course, yeah. It's it's not normal for like 60% of the country to vote or 70% of the country to vote. I don't think that many people should be voting. Not that many people are I educated agree. that know enough, you know. So I think we could see a massive drop off and that would just lower the temperature overall a little bit, I think. Yeah, I mean as 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 you said you know, I, I think, you know, Rush Limbaugh, rest in peace, um, o- o- always talked about the low information voter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think most of the, I think a majority, if not most of the country are filled with low information voters. And that's not a slight at those, at those people. I think it's just most people just don't really care about politics. You know, they have their daily lives, you know, they go to work, they come home, they have families to take care of it and so forth. And politics is just a thing that kind of goes on in the background. I think that's how the average American Things and operates, you know, um, and so, you know, people who aren't who aren't who don't really know the issues inside and out, like yeah, like like it, 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 it shouldn't vote because they're, they're, at that point they're probably just voting based on like you know whether or not whether or not the person, or if Robles has a D or an R next next to their name, you know, I mean we need less of that. We need more people who are informed, actually know what's going on, making these decisions, um, you know. And and so like yeah like like people seem to uh, extol voter turnout voter turnout high voter turnout like it's a good thing it's not a good thing <laughs> yeah. um, you know be, it be for the reasons we discussed so um, it, it, but but this goes back to what I was saying earlier about how 2020 was like the outlier election in terms of voter turnout and I think this year we're, we're going to see it kind of return to the re- return to the mean. Um, so, uh, and again, I, I do think that that works in Trump's favor. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. I um, you know, it's just funny, man. Hearing Hillary Clinton talk over the weekend, it's like we yeah, already yeah. have like nobody wants Trump Biden too. Like this is the rematch that nobody asked for. You know? <laughs> yeah. Aside from like but the, the rematch the t- we all deserve. <laughs> yeah, like, but it, outside of the tiny base, like the blue, no matter who, Democrats and the. MAGA tattoo on their neck Republicans like which combined is 10% of the country besides like the ridiculous annoying online bases nobody wants this This is a rematch nobody wants imagine if we get the one rematch that people want less than this one yeah (laughs) Hillary Clinton Donald Trump running it back it's like man like look I I kind of just at this point I'm just rooting for the funniest outcomes you know like whatever yeah. be whatever be funniest I want to happen, and I almost think that would be like what would be funnier than Biden dropping out and them installing Hillary Clinton as the nominee. I mean, yeah, that 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 would that would be a pretty hilarious plot twist, you know, in this uh, soap opera that it is uh, a Trump in politics, you know, um, like it's it's it's, it's like the, the the end of season twist, you know, uh, it's like oh, just kidding, Hillary's back, um, you know, the, the, the script writers clear, clearly ha- have a sense have a sense of humor. Um, so, you know, at this point, nothing would surprise me. Can you imagine a democratic primary like this summer between Hillary Clinton and Kamala Harris? 
like the two least popular human beings on the planet. I mean, if there if there would be a lot of eardrums breaking because, after hearing both those two laugh, oh. and they have like two of the worst laughs ever. You know, oh. uh, I mean, like it's a very, very like you know. So I think both those cases, it's like you know, uh, like a bad impression of the Joker. Basically, is how I would oh, yeah. put it for, for for both of them. You know, and they're both very shrill. A televised um, debate. And, and robotic. Oh yeah, dude. A televised debate between those two people would set the female gender back a hundred years. One hundred percent. People would be mean, calling to revoke be... the Nineteenth Amendment. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it would just, it yep. would just turn everything back a hundred years, man. But like enough, yeah. enough of these broads. <laughs> yeah, feminists should be very opposed in that to that matchup. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they'd think they were getting, they were making progress, but it would be their own undoing. <laughs> Goodness yeah. gracious, man. Well, dude, I got to wrap it up because I'm about to lose my voice. But um, I'll, I'll give you guys a couple longer episodes next week to make up for my negligence this week, I promise. Aaron, my brother, thanks so much for doing this, man. Let's do it again soon. Where can everybody follow you, yeah. read your stuff, all that good stuff? Follow me on Twitter at Founders Banter. Uh, you can read my stuff there at Alan Jewish Journal's website. There's a lot of good content, not just me. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on radio. It's a pleasure. Absolutely, my brother. Everybody follow Aaron. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks.